tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay, and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera, pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. And on that day when my strength is fail, the end draws near and my time has come. Still my soul will sing your praise. I'm 
closer to heaven. Bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otobil. And now, today's Word. My message today is titled, God is fighting for us. God is fighting for us. We are familiar uh, with the song, God is fighting for us, uh, pushing back the darkness, lighting up the kingdom that cannot be shaking. There is an assurance as the body of Christ that God is with us and he is not with us passively, he is with us actively. He is not just with us, he is also fighting or he's engaged in warfare on our behalf. And we're going to explore what it means uh, uh, when we say God is fighting for us and what to expect uh, from that battle. Uh, I'm going to read the passage we looked at last week and then we will uh, ship off from there. Exodus chapter 14 verses 13 to 14 and then we would uh, go to Exodus chapter 15 verses 1 to 4. Exodus chapter 14 13 to 14 and Exodus 15 1 to 4. Let's hear the reading of God's word. And Moses said to the people do not be afraid stand still and see the salvation of the Lord which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. You can underline the phrase in verse 14 the Lord will fight for you. It's a very assertive statement. It's a very powerful statement that commits God to the cause of his people. The Lord will fight for you. This passage and many others in the Bible clearly state that God fights for his people. And I will not say much about this because I'm going to come back to it at the end of my message and draw some lessons from it. Um, it is something that God does for us even when we are not aware of it. Then Exodus chapter 15 from verse 1 to 4. After God had delivered Israel through the sea, the Red Sea. Uh, the Bible says from verse 1 of Exodus chapter 15. Then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord and spoke saying, 
I will sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. He is my God and I will praise him. My father's God and I will exalt him. Verse 3. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has cast into the sea. His chosen captains are also drowned in the Red Sea. Underline in verse 3, the Lord is a man of war. The Lord is a man of war. Those of you who've been uh, in the church for a while uh, can identify the words in the passage in Exodus chapter 15 because we used to sing it. Uh, I will sing unto the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider he's thrown into the sea. Those of you newcomers have no idea what that song is. If you know that song, it means you are uh, you, you, you are there. And uh, if you don't know it, you're also there. Amen. So, I want to just focus on the phrase, The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is a man of war. It's a very interesting statement in the Bible. Because we also know that God is not a man. So, if God is not a man... How then does uh, the passage describe him as a man of war? This description of God as a man of war is very important. Now, uh, a few weeks ago, I uh, spoke about uh, the fact that sometimes the Bible uses human language to describe God. And when that happens, it is called an anthropomorphism. Uh, it is using uh, human characteristics to describe God. So you hear things like the hand of God or the face of the Lord or the Lord smelled or the Lord sees or the Lord walked and, and so on. And, and this is one of those. The Lord as a man of war. Uh, it is not exactly that God is a man but because we are human beings God speaks to us with descriptions we can understand so when uh, he talks about the hand of God uh, it doesn't mean that God sits somewhere and he has a hand like ours but it's a way for us to appreciate and understand God so the passage here says the Lord is a man of war uh, you can render it as the Lord is like a man of war. Um, the, the, the phrase a man of war simply means a warrior. Somebody who goes to war. Somebody who fights in a war. Uh, somebody who is very strong in battle. So after Egypt or Israel has come out of Egypt. The first thing they understand about God is that he is a man of war. Can you imagine for 400 years they've never fought a battle 430 years and for much of the time they've been under bondage now they have been delivered and their first understanding of God is that this God we worship is a man of war 
Why? Because they saw God in warfare. Defeating Egypt just now. And so they say, wow, we serve a God who is a man of war who fights for his people. Throughout the scripture, that image of God as a fighter is portrayed in Psalm 89 verse 8 we see him as the Lord of hosts it says O Lord God of hosts who is mighty like you O Lord your faithfulness surrounds you and that phrase of God as the Lord of hosts runs throughout the Old Testament it sees God as the head of a host a host there means a large army so God is the Lord of hosts. He is a leader of an army of hosts. The host of God include various hierarchies of angels, cherubim, seraphim, and other supernatural beings. And their number is beyond count. The Lord is the Lord of hosts. In Psalm 24... Verse 8, he is described as the Lord who is strong and mighty. Who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. So, the Lord is a man of war. He is the Lord of hosts. He is the Lord strong and mighty. And in the same Psalm 24 verse 8, it says that the Lord is mighty in battle. That phrase, mighty in battle... Uh, describes somebody who wins his battles. When somebody is called mighty in battle, it means that every time he goes to battle, he comes up winning. He's the kind of person you want to have around you when you are fighting. A person who is mighty in battle. There are people who are mighty in battle. And when, when I was a kid in my neighborhood, we fought for nothing. I don't know why we did it. You know, we just get up in the evening, we, we go to the next area of our neighborhood and we're coming to fight. You know, and, and they pair us. They say, you fight this one and you fight that one. And sometimes you get beating, sometimes you beat people. You give and take. But, but you just fight. I don't know whether neighborhoods still do that in, in Ghana, but we, we're just fighting. We didn't, they didn't pay us for it. We don't earn anything. You just go home, back home, you are bruised, your clothes are tattered, your mother is angry, you get beaten at home too, you know, but we just fight. And, and, and there were people amongst us, some of our neighbors, and I can think of a few boys in my neighborhood who were mighty in battle. Mighty in battle. I mean, anytime we're going to fight and they are with us, we feel very confident because they never lose a battle. They never lose for some reason. I don't know where they learned fighting from, but for some reason, these boys never lost a battle. They always win. Now, that is the image that the Bible has when it says the Lord is mighty in battle. It's a person who never loses a battle. Whenever you're going to fight, you wish he was on your side. If he's on your enemy's side, you are in big trouble. The Lord is strong and mighty. The Lord is mighty in battle. He never loses a battle. That is the God 
we serve. He never loses a battle. So what does it mean when the Bible says that God is fighting? When the Bible says God is fighting, what does it mean? Now, it's very important when we read the Bible... And I take my time to teach these things because somebody can take this verse and run with it in a direction that will hurt all of us. Uh, (laughs) You have to understand that the Bible uses different kinds of language to bring us the word of God. Sometimes it is historical language. Sometimes it is legal language. And sometimes, as in this case, it is poetry. So when you are speaking poetically, you use you use different things like metaphors, similes, and so on. You say, Pastor, what are you talking about? That's why you should have paid attention during English when you were in school. You should have paid attention. You run away from English class, you say, Well, what, what am I going to do with English? I'm not an Englishman. Metaphor. You were taught in school. You were taught in school. You didn't learn. Similes. Analogies, you didn't learn. Poetry, you didn't learn. Now you realize you've come to face it in the Bible too. All right. So sometimes the Bible uses poetry. And when it uses poetry, the language is a bit flowery. So you see things like the Lord fights, the Lord is a man of war. Now I don't want you to imagine God like the, my neighborhood friend, you know, who takes off his shirt. And goes out to do one-on-one with somebody else. Because God has no equal to fight with. And nobody can hit him. And nobody can attack him. So when the Bible says God is fighting, don't imagine a wrestler. Or a boxer. Maybe like uh, Anthony Joshua or Mike Tyson. Who bit somebody's ear. Don't think of God like that. Because, because normally when we think of a fighter, you know, somebody who gives out blows and then he gets blowed too. So God, nobody blows God. Boom, they've hit God. No. So when the Bible says God is a fighter, it's a poetic language. It is not an actual language that God gets into fight and gets beaten or gets hit or gets attacked. Because God cannot be attacked. None can even approach his presence. Alright, so get that in mind. When we say God is fighting for us, he is not engaged on one-to-one blow exchange with somebody else. Because no one can access his presence. So, when the Bible says God is fighting, how does he fight? Just give you a few, uh, two verses, um, just to clarify that to you. Matthew chapter 26, verse 52 to 53. And then Revelation chapter 12, verse 7 to 9. How does God fight when we say God is fighting? This is Jesus speaking. And Jesus said to him, Peter, put your sword in its place. For all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot now pray to the Father and he will provide me more than 12 legions of angels? Now Peter is fighting the enemies of Jesus who have come to arrest him. He cuts off somebody's ear. Jesus has put away the sword. Because if I really want to fight, I'm going to 
tell the father he'll give me legions of angels in other words uh, when God is engaged in fighting he uses somebody else to fight and Jesus is telling us there are angels and then uh, Revelation chapter 12 verse 9, 7 and 9 and war broke out in heaven Michael and his angels fought with the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought but they did not prevail nor was there a place for, found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. Uh, he was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So even dealing with Satan himself, God does not fight him. Michael fights him. Jesus says, if I want to fight, angels will come to fight. So... How, when we say God is fighting for us, how does he engage in that fight? God uses angels to fight for him. Angels fight for God. Angels fight for God. So anytime you read the Bible and you see God described as fighting, you have to know there's always angelic presence. When you read the battle is the Lord's, there is angelic presence. When you read the Lord is a man of war, there is angelic presence. Any language in the Bible that involves battle that God is involved in requires angels to be present because the angels are the hosts who fight for God. They act at, God, at God's command. They wage war against God's enemies. And that's very important. Angels don't respond to our instructions. We are not the Lord of hosts. He is the Lord of hosts. He instructs them. And they don't wage war for you. They wage war against God's enemies. If God's enemies and your enemies happen to be the same, then you are on, good, on the good side. And they operate in both the spiritual and the physical worlds. It's very interesting because in the, in the account in Revelation, this warfare is taking place in the heavenlies. But when Jesus spoke in Matthew, he was talking about warfare here on earth. So angels can fight totally spiritual battles and they can also be engaged in physical battles. No, let me put it this way. They can be engaged in war in the physical world. In the physical world. So, throughout the scripture, you see God fighting and getting into fight. And you read things like the battle is the Lord's. God will fight for you. God goes ahead of you and fights. And, and we see, especially in the life of Israel, many times when God fought for them. You see... In the lives of some people of God in the Bible, many times when God fought for them. So how does God fight for us? How does God fight for us? God fights for us in many ways. He fights for us in ways we cannot see. And I will just walk you through just about five ways in which God 
fights for us. How does he do it? When God is going to fight for his people, how does he do it? The discerning ear and the spirit of radio bring lots of cheer sweet, sweet stereo. Oh boy, boy, oh boy, that must surely be joy. She be did it too, that is great joy. Joy, 99.7. That is great joy. Great joy. Joy, thank you for all you've done for me Showing me things I didn't see Thank you, Joy, for that love you bring to me This is why I write a song that sings
Hallelujah to you, our King. 35 minutes after 7 on Joy 99.7 FM. You just came through. That's uh, Darling Tech bringing our time, you know, to this point. God bless you to, for choosing Joy 99.7. This is the reason is Jesus. And, of course, I'm going to be... Uh, a bit quiet today because of the sound of my voice. Uh, but of course, want to say great God bless you to Dr. Mansour Tabil for being a blessing to us with living word as usual. Uh, you want to make time with him same time next week or better still, every weekday afternoon after the news at 12, you're sure to find living word here on Joy 99.7 FM. I want to play something uh, this morning. And, of course, this is the reason is Jesus going from now till about 10 o'clock. And we're in the presence of the Lord wherever you are. The Bible says that God is everywhere present. It means that is where you are, in the car, in the room, even in the church hall and uh, everywhere. And so recognize his presence and sing along and magnify him. Let your heart do the singing in most cases. The Lord bless you. My name is Mike Niabosi, and uh, this is not a usual voice you'll be hearing, but we trust God that a week today will be fine. And the Lord bless you again. Take this heart of mine. You captured me. I'm so
Redman. I want to bring the song back and um, I don't want to I don't want to believe um, can just play this once <laughs> it's a beautiful song 
Raising is Jesus. Time is 14 to the top of the hour. And this is Unbroken Praise by Matt Redman. Praise unbroken, praise unending, be yours, be yours forevermore. Praise untainted, praise unfading, be yours, be yours forevermore. Be yours.
an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.
great song. Uh, 